With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. If you enjoy the show, it takes about half a second and it helps me put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. What's up, everyone? Welcome into the show. We are only days away for the Cowboys preseason opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And tonight I had a fun topic planned out for you. But then after hearing Mike McCarthy speak to the media, and then after there were some reports out there about Kevonte Turpin, some reports about Masses Smith, I decided let's push that, let's push that for Wednesday night. And today let's talk about Deuce Vaughn, who is already silencing the critics out there in training camp. And I know it's camp vibes, right? So that means everyone is in the best shape of their lives. Everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. Every rookie is looking very promising, but there is a very specific area that head coach Mike McCarthy addressed on Tuesday that I wanted to point out on tonight's show because it is the single biggest concern about Deuce Vaughn's game and what his involvement can be on the Cowboys offense in 2023. Now, before we get into the quote, let me ask you guys in the chat. And by the way, welcome, everyone. I'm, I'm seeing all of your comments right now. I appreciate the heck out of you showing up tonight. My question from me to you is, what are you the most excited about when it comes to Deuce Vaughn? You can keep it short, make it one word. What is it that excites you the most about Deuce Vaughn, who is, has become quickly a, a Cowboys fan favorite. While you give me your answers, and before I give you mine, I want to get into what Mike McCarthy said about Deuce Vaughn in today's press conference because I thought it was very interesting as Deuce Vaughn's biggest concern or our biggest concern about Deuce Vaughn has to be about his pass protection skills. And Deuce Vaughn told reporters today, we all smile when he does pass protect. Because you talk about the instincts, awareness, and most importantly, the footwork to get yourself in position. He has that. He also added he understands protections. Very smart player. I have been very impressed with his pass pro. He is pro ready, and I have no concerns about dues. That last part was more specifically to what he brings to the table physically speaking, and whether or not that is a concern. But I think that what McCarthy is saying 
to the media matters. And again, I know this is, you know, that time of the year where everything is positive, life is pink, all of that, I know. However, McCarthy makes some good points. Pass pro is always a concern when it comes to a player as undersized as Vaughn. For those of you who might have missed it this entire offseason, who maybe are just tuning now into the Cowboys and what awaits them in 2023, this guy is the shortest player ever measured in the NFL scouting combine going back to 2003 when data started being tracked that way. So he is very small. And you would assume that against edge rushers of NFL caliber, you know, the edge rushers that actually play on Sundays or linebackers and all of that, uh, you would assume that it would be a big concern if they're trying to get at the quarterback and the only thing standing in their way is Deuce Vaughn. But McCarthy makes some good points here talking about the fundamentals of blocking, right? And he talks about the footwork. He talks about his understanding of what's going on, the instincts and the awareness. And this showed up on tape when he was at college. I, I will say, I will say that are not, not a lot of reps of him actually going out there in pass pro, but there are some very promising clips of Bong getting the fundamentals down and looking like a guy who can make the most out of what he has. But I also like what McCarthy avid about the smarts of it he talked about how he understands the protections and i'll tell you when you talk about pass protection and you talk about the running back he needs those smarts because defensive coordinators and this is a fact are designing their pressures most of the time or like everything that's an overload blitz trying to get more players on one side of the offensive line than the other anytime that you're doing that the guy that you're trying to stress is the running back. That's the one that you're targeting that you all are as a defensive coordinator are saying, I'm going to force this player to make a choice. Nine out of 10 times, that's the running back because that's how overload blitzes work. That's the guy that you want to put in a binder because, you know, the offensive line might be sliding one way. The other half of the offensive line might be staying put or the offensive line might be big on big, blocking the guy that's in front of me. But the running back is most of the time the one going through some reads, you know, looking at the most imminent danger, um, looking at the mic first to see if he comes through those A gaps or those B gaps, and then moving on to my next read, and then maybe running my check down route. So if he does have those marts and he combines that with the strong fundamentals, you can see how his height can be kind of like a weapon in terms of leverage. And I'm not saying that sarcastically, but I mean, he can be the low man blocking, I guess. And he's not going to be, I don't know, the best version of Ezekiel Elliott as a pass protector. He's not going to be that. He's not going to be one of the best pass pro running backs in the NFL. All the Cowboys need is for him to survive in that world. Because I always mention this in the show, it's not like the Cowboys can get him involved just as a running back who runs routes out of the backfield. That's not how it works in the NFL because if you only do that, then the blitz is coming and then, you know, you're in trouble. This is not, this is not a, a league in which the running back is going to get away with entering on offense and, and not blocking ever. So let's see some of your comments, though, here. 
Let's see what you guys have to say, though. What excites you the most about Deuce Vaughn? Toxic Tom says that he isn't sick. Oh, come on, Toxic. That's that's uncalled for, man. That's uncalled for. Shout out to Toxic. Thank you for joining the show. Gregory says, speed, baby. Colin also says he isn't sick. Juan Daniel says, speed. Costa Collins says, broken ankles. Lance goes with heart. Danny says, shifty. Shifty. That is a word that Danny Savage is going with. Charlene Evans Going to go with Darren Sproles 2.0, which is a great, great answer there. Uh, let's see who else here. Protection and speed says Katharina. Phillips says Darren Sproles-ish. Not the first Darren Sproles comparison. I love it. And it's a pretty obvious one, right? It's a good one. He should wear number two, says Michael. I, hey, I agree, Michael. That's a missed opportunity by the Cowboys. I got to go with the chiftiness more than I would go with the speed by the way because Deuce Vaughn is, is fast and you can see it on tape obviously and you can see it on the highlights of an extraordinarily productive career that he had over at Kansas State I was looking at the numbers the guy had 43 touchdowns in 34 starts 43 touchdowns in in, in 32 and 34 starts excuse me the guy was insanely productive and a lot of that had to do with speed but it was Mostly that shiftiness that enabled him to do that because he's not going to be one of the fastest players on the team. He's not going to be that in the NFL. I love this line from the Dame Brugler scouting report over at The Athletic, which was he's quicker than he is fast, right? And I agree with that. It's not that Deuce Vaughn is very, very fast. He's just shifty and can really get in and, in and out of breaks with a lot of ease. And there was this crazy, crazy play that they showed in a training camp video. And I'm not talking about it being crazy because, I mean, let me rephrase that. It's just a crazy clip because he's building a punt and then he's trying to like run through the special teamers coming his way. And he makes two cuts back to back but the guy is like dropping his knee and it's like one inch. It looks like from that perspective, obviously that has to do uh, the perspective of the video, but it looks like his knee is one inch away from touching the ground. And then the next step, he's kind of cutting again to the other side. And that's Deuce Vaughn in a nutshell. Can he get that one cut that allows him to break free and can he get there especially on the second level by hiding from defenders? And again, I know this sounds sarcastic, but it's not at all. And when Deuce Vaughn was drafted, I shared an anecdote as somebody who is also five foot five. And yes, I know I'm not anywhere close to being an athlete. Heck, I, 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 I consider myself a very frustrated athlete, if you will. But that was literally what coaches told me. And it sounds funny and it sounds hilarious and all of that, but it's real. Defenders won't see him. He, he needs to use his height for him to make the reads impossible for defenders. because, Or not, not the reads, because the reads are going to be based on the, on the linemen a lot of the times. But just the tackle, right? How do you tackle somebody that you're not seeing? And that's what Deuce Vaughn could be really uh, could become in the NFL. 
that explosive running back with those th traits. Uh, but anyways, when it comes to Saturday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're obviously going to get to see a lot of Deuce Vaughn. We are going to get to see him as a running back and as a returner because it turns out, it turns out that the Cowboys are not going to have Kevontae Turpin return kicks or punts in the preseason. Let me know in the chat. From 1 to 10, how much of a roster lock is Kevontae Turpin? Because this feels like a meaningful decision to say, you know what? Kevontae Turpin, not going to return kicks, not going to return punts. I want to see what I've got on the other players. And those two other players likely to be, by the way, Malik Davis and Deuce Vaughn, who are the guys listed on the unofficial depth chart behind Kevontae Turpin. So the Cowboys are saying, you know what? I know enough. This guy went to the Pro Bowl. This guy returned two touchdowns in last year's preseason and was one of the best returners in the NFL during the regular season. One, I don't want to see him. I want to see my younger backs. And two, I want to see Turpin on offense. I want to keep him fresh for him to have a big night at wide receiver. From 1 to 10, how much do you think Turpin is a roster lock at this moment? Because his offseason, man, has been a very interesting one. I, I thought early in the year that he could be a, a roster cut even after a Pro Bowl year. My logic being, this guy needs to contribute on offense. He cannot be a return-only player. I don't think that in the current NFL, you can afford to have that. And that's not me diminishing the value of special teams, which is obviously very important. But also, rules are changing for us to see even few returns every single year. And that rule about, you know, being able to call for a fair catch and have it have the football be placed at the 25-yard line, that's going to bring returns even further down, in my opinion. So it has lost some value if we're being totally fair about it. And if you, if you have somebody like Vaughn, who can also play running back and Turpin cannot play wide receiver, that was my logic early in the offseason, then he had to be in danger of missing a spot. However, Turpin has impressed in training camp early on. At the very least, he's had had some moments and he's had a lot of playing time with the ones and with the twos based on what we've seen so far. So my perspective of Kevontae Turpin has changed quite a lot. I'm going to put him... At a very solid 8, 1 out of 10, how secure is his roster spot? I'm going to go with an 8 because he's been showing up on offense, period. And as I said, I'm ready to eat crow regarding Turpin's situation at wideout. I had many doubts, but at least it feels like the Cowboys are, are liking what they're seeing so far. So let's see some of your comments here. Roderick says 8. Lance Bell goes with a 6. Katharina. With the eight, Colin says 90% a lock, a 10 for, uh, oh man. I don't know how to read that. I'm sorry. Face. I'm going to call him face. 10 for him. Toxic says, 
Uh, six, McCarthy said that he wants to see how he looks as, as a wide receiver. And that is true. He did say that. And he kind of implied that he needs to. Like, that was McCarthy's comment, more or less, earlier in the year. It was, he needs to take that step on offense. Basically confirming that, hey, we're not going to carry this guy as a returner only. And of course, we don't know what the coaching staff is thinking, but the Cowboys do have a ton of talented wide receivers in that middle of the depth chart area. And I'm assuming he wouldn't be getting as many looks if it wasn't because they don't see him taking that step. And reporters have talked about certain plays here and there that, you know, he's looked like the real deal. We've seen some some plays in which he has put Kelvin Joseph on skates, running those double move routes. So Turpin looking like he is going to earn a role on offense. Now, I wonder what that means for him as a returner too, right? Do you manage his workload a little bit better? And he's not going to be starting, mind you, but it's a long season. Injuries happen. If you ever need Cavante Turpin a little bit more involved on offense, what does his assignments on special teams look like? It's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be a pretty fun situation to follow closely. And it's going to be one that is very tied together with whatever happens with Deuce Vaughn. Because if you have Pollard and then Rico Dowdle and say that you want to carry a fullback, so let's just speculate here and say Hunter Lipke is on the game plan. Is Deuce Vaughn active? If Turpin is going to take care of all of the returns, it might be a tough time for him to get on the active player list. We, we, we will find out, obviously, but Deuce Vaughn needs to earn that spot on special teams, whether that's a, a returner or whether that's uh, somewhere else on special teams. That being said, we won't see Turpin returning kicks on Saturday. We will probably see a lot of Malik Davis and Deuce Vaughn and we'll probably see a whole lot of Kevontae Turpin on offense with Cooper Rush and Will Greer throwing the football. Going to be pretty fun to see. Uh, some more comments here before we move on to the next topic, though. Dominic says, Deuce should get kick return responsibilities. And what is very interesting is that he is listed as a second teamer on punt return, but as a third teamer on kick returns on the Cowboys' unofficial depth chart. So I, I wonder I, I wonder what that looks like. Depends on what he shows as a wide receiver is Danny Savage regarding Turpin's roster status. Yeah, he, he if he sucks, right, in the preseason and in the rest of training camp at a wideout, then maybe we're back on with that narrative about Cavante being a potential surprise cut. Uh, but we'll see. We'll find out. Obviously, the hope is for him to show up at wideout based on what we've seen in the first few seasons, first few weeks, excuse me, of training camp. That being said, let's move on a little bit here on the show. And let's talk about nose tackle, Masi Smith. Man, did that notification sucked when it hit our phones today. In case you missed it, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network tweeted out that, hey, guess what? Moss Smith getting an MRI as a precautionary measure because he's de dealing with tendonitis, discomfort in that knee. And obviously, 
We got that notification and we were like, are you freaking kidding me? First round draft pick, already getting a knee MRI, days removed from the preseason opener? Heck no. Moments later, though, Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News tweeted that a source had said that he is fine, framed it as good news for the rookie first round pick. And man, I'm just saying, though, it sucks that he has that knee discomfort. Hopefully, that's not a big issue for him. Obviously, if it was a big issue, it feels like an injury that will matter very much for Mossy Smith on his rookie year as he tries to live a life in the trenches. But that's his scare. That's his scare right there. Looks like he will be fine. I wonder what this means for the preseason opener. Probably by tomorrow, we'll have more info on that when Mike McCarthy takes the podium again and talks to the media, which is pretty crazy that McCarthy talks to the media on a daily basis. I don't think every NFL team does that. Uh, it's pretty fun for us, but it's one of those things that, oh, that's, that's what they mean when they say that Dallas has a lot of media attention. Uh, but anyways, closing that parenthesis down, Moss Smith dealing with knee discomfort. We'll see how his workload looks like when the season, when the preseason starts. And obviously, even though he's your first rounder and everything, you probably want him to get the reps, the, the reps uh, as long as it makes sense with the knee, right? Uh, so maybe, maybe if he doesn't play in week one, maybe it's not a huge deal, but maybe if he starts missing the three games of preseason, maybe it's worthy of us getting a little bit worried there. Again, we'll find out tomorrow a little bit more info. Difficult to ignore the fact that he did get that MRI and that he has been dealing with that knee discomfort. It would suck for Masi to not be a big part of this team. But then, I mean, early on, obviously, you're guessing that he is going to be a big part of this team, whether it's early or late. Uh, but... The good news is that the Cowboys do have Jonathan Hankins, and he is listed as the first team nose tackle. And you would assume that the Cowboys can play the patience game here if they want to. Uh, Hankins did a great job after arriving at the trade deadline last year. Obviously, you're hoping to get better with somebody as freakishly athletic as Masi is, but you can afford yourself to be patient here if you are the Cowboys. And then when Masi is ready to go, if he even misses time, because we don't know, we're just wildly speculating here. If he does miss time, then you can let him really, really take the defense to the next level when he comes back. Because I do think Masi has that potential. Schematically speaking, just the value of having a solid, respectable nose tackle can, can be huge. And he can change the way that the Cowboys approach the run defense and, you know, the shells that they use, the light boxes that they use or heavy boxes, it can really change the math. And looking forward to seeing that. Uh, by the way, if you are inter interested on in seeing more details about how he can change the defense, we do have that on the channel. Uh, if you search within the YouTube channel, Masses Mid Chess Piece, I believe, you're going to see a show of us talking about schematically what that could look like. Uh, so go ahead and do that if you're in interested in that. Anyways, 
people are making fun of the MRI here in the chat. Oh, yes, a relaxing MRI. This is toxic. Somebody else said, uh, I'd rather go to the DMV than get an MRI. Nothing is more relaxing than taking your keys with you for an MRI. Oh, Bruce, people are going crazy. I get MRIs weekly just for the quiet time to meditate. Oh, man, I had so many flashbacks just with that comment. Oh, man. Oh, MRIs suck. <laughs> they they really, really suck. <laughs> okay, anyways. I might have I might have caused some flashbacks for, for, for other people who have also gone through the hell that is an MRI. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's move on here in the show and let's close things out with our one cool thing. <laughs> I'm loving the comments right now. Yep, that is that is how MRIs work, ladies and gentlemen. It's crazy. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's move on here a little bit before we get out of here. It is time for the one cool thing of the week. And man, I have one that I am very excited about. Looking forward to seeing yours. For those of you who are new to the show, who are new around here, every Tuesday we have this segment and it's just called The One Cool Thing. And it's a feel-good moment for us to share our One Cool Things of the week, whether it's something personal, professional, sports-related, not sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Let me know in the chat what is the one cool thing of the week and i'm gonna start with mine because i'm very excited about it i cannot lie some of you might judge me but in 2012 in 2012 when i was two years or three years into my college football fandom in walked this kid with this huge helmet and started making some insane plays for Texas A&M. Obviously, I've been into football all my life, but Johnny Manziel has to be one of the few people in this world that turned what was a hobby, a like, a, a tiny fandom into a full-on obsession. And today, the documentary episode of the series Untold about Johnny Menziel is released. Uh, I mean, it was already released. I'm about to watch it right after this show is over. I'm about to grab a cold beer, some popcorn, and just enjoy the Johnny Menziel documentary. I'm very, very excited about it. I know what his career turned out to be. I know, but still, I'm very excited about it. And on a personal note, it's... Something that I think will be pretty cool. Uh, and I, I will say it, why not? I I wish, I really, really wish I could have watched it with Pops. Because, man, he loved Johnny Mansell and he loved those sports documentaries. But still, uh, it's going to be a cool moment watching that show tonight. Anyways, maybe a little bit emotional, if you will. Let's see some of your comments, though, here. One cool thing, Dax Dimes is Betsy. He is dropping some dimes. Yes. Yes, he is. By the way, check out New Scruggs. 
interview with LaShawn McCoy. You can find it on Twitter. Man, he nailed it. LaShawn McCoy was in panic mode. He didn't know what to say anymore. Uh, check it out. Let's see here. John says, cool thing of the week. I celebrated my 23rd wedding anniversary. Congratulations to John. Hope that you enjoyed it, man. That's so cool. Bruce says, I'm using my PTO finally. Hey, enjoy it, sir. It's pretty well earned. Thank you for using a little bit of your time on primetime. Toxic says, I am going completely off the grid. Wait. Backpacking trip to Canada starting Friday. Oh, that's cool, Toxic. So if you hear about a ginger accountant going missing, you can all be a part of the Netflix special. <laughs> yeah, man, Toxic was every night commenting on my show. Every night. I appreciated the heck out of him. And then one day he joked about the Netflix doc and here we are. That's more or less what my talking head is going to look like. How old was Mo in 2012? Like six is caustic. See, the thing about being born in 1999 is that I don't calculate. So I can immediately tell you, you know, 2012, 12 plus one, 13 years old. I was 13 years old. Uh, Dodgers are kicking ass is Gregory. Philip says, no surgery needed. I'm a heart patient. That's that's pretty freaking cool, sir. Uh, my grand kick school starts soon. Exciting, says Katharina. Let's see, what else? What else? DraftKings bet on NASCAR. Nice prize for me, says Lance. I think I got them all, though. Cowboys football on Saturday, says Colin. Yes, sir. That's one cool thing. That's one cool thing. Uh, let's see here. Messi came to Dallas. Oh, Oscar, if you were there, man, what a moment. What a moment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think I got them all. If I missed one, I am sorry. Hope that you guys enjoyed the show. Do me a favor. Hit the like button if you did. It helps me put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a good one because we're going to talk about undrafted free agents to watch in the preseason, but with a twist. So it will be pretty cool. Tune in tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. And I will see you mañana. Have an excellent Tuesday night. If you're into the Netflix special, check it out. I think it's going to be fun. And I will see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.